Hello there, everybody, and welcome back to Futures Follow-Up, the uh, weekly show here. We're going to get back to doing Futures Follow-Up every uh, every Tuesday. We're going to put these out uh, for you here that covers all of the pro and semi-pro teams that are affiliated either with Seattle teams, whether that be the Kraken or the Mariners um, or the Sounders, or they are teams that are quote-unquote semi-pro around the area like the Seattle Thunderbirds. So uh, I mentioned affiliates right away, and we'll go straight to it. Uh, fresh off of Monday's victory, uh, the Coachella Valley Firebirds, the AHL affiliate of the Seattle Kraken, which I liken to the Tacoma Rainiers, to the Mariners, you know, essentially like a triple A AAA sort of affiliate. Uh, this past week in Firebirds hockey, May 29th at the Admirals, the Milwaukee Admirals of the AHL. Uh, a one to three loss in that one. Unfortunately, player of the game, right winger Jeremy McKenna, one assist and one shot. June first at the Milwaukee Admirals, uh, a two to five loss to even the series up at two to two. Uh, player of the game, defenseman Jimmy Schultz, Schultz, one goal on three shots. Uh, in game five of the series at on the road in Milwaukee, to, before the series got sent back to Coachella Valley, the Firebirds would be able to rally and win that one two to one. Our player of the game in that one goalie. Joey Decor Jolie, 25 saves on the game, a 961 save percentage on the day uh, to send the series back to Coachella Valley uh, with a 3-2 lead in favor of the Firebirds. Um, on June 5th, back in Coachella Valley, back at Akershire Arena, uh, the Firebirds would win that one over the Admirals 4-3 to to, to win that series 4-2 to um, and send them to the Calder Cup Finals. Our player of the game, left winger Ty Cartier, Cartier, two goals, four shots, and a one plus minus on the game. There, uh, our favorite photo from the game here, uh, Mike Zatek, uh, the team photographer with Coachella Valley, uh, as uh, the team celebrates there around Joey Decord um, after those final moments. So it's been incredible, really, to see the way that the Firebirds have gone throughout this course of the season. You know, they've lost players um, along the way. Uh, in terms of call-ups, whether that be uh, John Hayden, Jes- Jesper Froden, uh, obviously Ty Cartier, somebody that we mentioned there, you know, uh, but there's a lot of NHL-proven talent on this roster. Obviously, Max McCormick, I mentioned John Hayden, Cole Lind, um, and then the younger guys, the younger guys like, uh, I want to make sure, I just want to check some of the minutes on these guys. But, you know, Shane Wright coming down there and, you know, Ron Francis, cracking general manager Ron Francis talking about uh, Shane Wright trying to prove himself a little bit more over the course of the summer uh, so that he can make a roster spot um, or or kind of give himself a good launching point into training camp um, with the crack and when that comes around there. So let's look at minutes. I want to see because there are a few names. You know, Riker Evans is a guy that I've been excited about since he got drafted here. Um and assigned down to Coachella Valley. Uh, Alexander True is another guy who, uh, former Thunderbird, who um, has had some NHL experience. Uh, let's see. Andrew Podorowski's had a really solid, uh, really great story as he came back. Uh, Froden, Gustav Olafsson was up with the Kraken a tiny bit. Um, okay, yeah, well, Vili Pettman was someone who was a, a draft pick in year one, but yeah, some of the names that I've been looking for aren't weren't did not play at least in game six of that series. Um, when we look at the Firebirds, because I, I, I mentioned that because, um, you know, you look at this team and towards the end of the year, uh, some the Ryan Winterton joined the squad, um. Jacob Melanson. Yeah, Jacob Melanson and Ryan Winton were two of the names I was looking for. Ty Nelson um, is on this roster as well. 
but considering that it's the playoffs, you know, I'm sure that uh, head coach Dan Bilsma, you know, assistant coaches Jessica Campbell and Stu Bickle kind of have a tight, tighter leash on things. Excuse me, in terms of the roster. Um, and I mean, it's it's not like it isn't working, obviously, as they're headed to the Calder Cup finals. But yeah, for them to be such a success story in year one, excuse me, to, you know, really trail the Calgary Wranglers um, in the Western uh, Conference of the AHL for most part of the year uh, and eventually defeat them um in the playoffs and now take down this Milwaukee team to head on and face uh, the Hershey Bears you know it's it's no small feat to see where they are right now and to see the way that they're sort of chugging along here so it's it's been a lot of fun just to sort of see the way that this Firebird team has pushed forward and continued on um a lot of talent a lot of talent that we you know, could see in in dev camp and training camp really push for spots with the crack in this next year. Uh, but for right now, you know, they are in their first year at Acrisure Arena. They're in their first year as a franchise as a whole uh, and as a playing hockey team. And they're headed to the Calder Cup finals. So um, as I kind of already mentioned, they will be playing the Hershey Bears of the HL um, in the Calder Cup finals. Game one is June 8th versus the Bears uh, at home at Acrisure Arena. That's a seven o'clock start. Uh, 7 uh, Pacific time. Uh, and game two is a June 10th start um, at Akershire Arena against Hershey uh, before, gosh darn it, um, before the series flips over to uh, Hershey. And then we look at the rest of the course of the games here. We don't really have any team-related news outside of what we just went over. Um, game three, June 13th at Hershey. So on the road in Hershey, uh, 7 o'clock. All of the start times for these games are at 7 o'clock, which is uh, 7 o'clock Pacific, which I find a little bit interesting. Uh, game four, June 15th at Hershey, 7 o'clock, as I mentioned. Game five, if necessary, June 17th at Hershey, 7 o'clock. Game six is when the series would flip back to Coachella Valley, if necessary, June 19th versus the Hershey Bears at 7 o'clock Pacific time. Uh, you know, I mentioned this is where we would normally, if we had anything, would go over to the Kansas City Mavericks, who are the ECHL affiliate uh, of the crack, and they're uh, like a peg below the Firebirds. Uh, some of the Firebirds on this roster right now, Jer- I mentioned Jeremy McKenna, uh, Nick Pasiov, uh, were two guys who played most of the year with uh, the Kansas City Mavericks. So when we get news with KC, we'll update that, obviously. Um, but this week, we don't have anything. Uh, we do have, as we continue hockey in June now, as this is the June 6th episode of Futures Follow-Up, obviously, um, Memorial Cup news for the Thunderbirds. There are four games over the past week. Uh, May 29th at the Quebec Ramparts, uh, a loss 1-3. to three. Our player of the game forward, Jordan Gustafson, uh, the Gus Bus, one assist, a one plus minus, and six faceoff wins as Seattle lost their first game of the tournament against Quebec there. Uh, they would go on to play the host team, uh, the Kamloops Blazers, on May 31st and win that one in big fashion, 6-1. to one. Our player of the game forward, Kyle Krinkovic. Krinkovic cranks it up, one goal, two assists, a three plus minus, five shots, and one faceoff win on the day uh, to help the Thunderbirds move on. Um, Peterborough and Kamloops would have to play to decide who would play the Thunderbirds uh, for a shot uh, at the finals in the semifinals game there. June 2nd versus Peterborough. The Thunderbirds would win that one 4-1, to one, uh, mostly controlling that game. Our player of the game forward, Jared Davidson. Davey, two assists, a 2-plus minus, eight shots on the game, and 12 faceoff wins out of 20 attempts. So a nice setup there for the final against Quebec. Um 
in a not so nice way to end the season as the Thunderbirds fall to the Quebec Ramparts in the Memorial Cup final, losing that one in a shutout effort, 5 nothing. Um, it's a tough way to end the season, sure. Uh, I know that the Thunderbirds tonight, uh, tonight, June 6th at, I believe it's 6 to 8.30 p.m. Pacific time, are hosting uh, out on the plaza at uh, the Showware Center, um, like a little bit of a celebration to celebrate the season because it's a really historic season. Um, all that was accomplished this year, the sort of team that this was, I know it was tough. Um, defenseman Luke Prokop uh, was pretty emotional as, as his teammates were heading off the ice. Uh, and understandably so. I mean, this was a special group. You know, you look at all of the talent. Obviously, some fans of other WHL teams aren't going to be so ha- weren't so happy about it as the season went on, and that's fine. Um, but to add some hardware to raise three banners this year now, uh, well, after this year, pardon me, um, and to really send some of these guys out, some of these Thunderbirds out who had had tremendous careers out with a positive note. And obviously, again, you wanted to finish the season off. You want the last game of the season, you want to be a win. Um, there should be no scoffing at what was accomplished this year. Um, and obviously here at Circling Sales Sports, we're very grateful to have been a part of that run and to cover that run to see the Thunderbirds win the the WHL, um, the Edge with Cup um, on home ice. Um but uh, all in all, just historic, just incredible season by the T-Birds um, to put this sort of effort together. It'll be interesting to see what sort of makeup this roster has next year. Um, obviously, you know, the 10 NHL ready t- prospects um, is something that was talked about heavily. So it'll be very interesting to see what that looks like. But regardless, throughout the course of the regular season next year, we will be covering those T-Birds games with you. So make sure to stick around, make sure you hit follow, subscribe, whatever you're watching this on, um, as we will continue to have that coverage. We aren't just here for the big games. So we move over here. Speaking about uh, not just being there for big games, uh, the Silver Tips, uh, they were in the WHL playoffs, but they were not uh, there for necessarily too long of a time. Uh, they got bounced. Uh, relatively early in the playoffs. They do have some team-related notes there for Everett. Uh, on May 31st, the team signed 20th overall pick Kane Wilk uh, to a WHL scholarship and a development agreement. He is a center from the 2008 class. Yes, 2008. I don't mean to age anybody. Um, the Saskatoon Saskatchewan native recorded 28 goals and 43 assists in 29 early season games for the Saskatoon Stallions, U15 AA in 2022-23, leading his team by a month. <laughs> by 31 points he also added a team high 12 points in four postseason games a few days later on the 2nd of june the team signed fourth round pick lucas lima to a whl uh, scholarship and development agreement um the langley british columbia native posted 14 goals and 14 assists in 28 regular 20 pardon me 27 regular season games uh <coughs> excuse me for Delta Hockey Academy U15 Preps Green Squad in 2022-23. Everett had sort of a tough go of things this season, especially as the end of the season closed out. Uh, they still made the playoffs, obviously, uh, but they were pretty banged up when uh, the, the regular season closed out. When the postseason came around, uh, they were pretty banged up injury-wise. There's a lot of talent on those silver on the Silver Tips roster throughout the course of the season, but they were pretty banged up. Um, as the regular season closed out, which is unfortunate. Um, he didn't necessarily see him at full strength. I know my silver, uh, my my Thunderbirds friends 
uh, we'll, we'll say other things not so positive, uh, which is fine. I understand that. Um, be a t- kind of a tough go of things uh, towards the end of the season. You just really couldn't put things together. And, you know, they're obviously going to hope that players like Wilk, like Lima, uh, are able to help them moving forward, um, continue to make the playoffs and, and push further than that. So uh, we look over here to the soccer side of things for the segment here as we move to the Tacoma Defiance, the uh, Seattle Sounders uh, MLX Next Pro team. Uh, not so great. Uh, their past game was yesterday, June 5th, Monday. Uh, Versus St. Louis City SC uh, 2, they would lose that one uh, in a two-goal loss. Uh, unable to put things together there, just unfortunate. Uh, I know there's a lot of talent on this Defiance roster, but the other part of that is the Sounders um, have dipped a little bit into that team um, and have had a few of those players called up signed first team contracts um, or participated with them in, in some capacity. So kind of tough there with the defiance, but excited to get into covering that team and looking further into that roster uh, that plays down at Starfire. So uh, they got a packed week up ahead, uh, June 11th at the San Jose Earthquake seconds team. Uh, all of these next three games are on the road, by the way, June 11th at the San Jose Earthquakes. Um, oh, what is this? Jeez, whatever, dude. Um, June 11th at the San Jose Earthquake. Second team, a 4.30 p.m. Pacific time start. Uh, then the next game of the week, June 15th at Sporting KC2, a 5 o'clock start. Um, and then to wrap things up on the week for the Defiance, uh, a June 18th match at the Colorado Rapids second team with a 5.30 p.m. Pacific time kick. Uh, moving over to Ballard FC, who continue to roll through the USL League 2 uh, with a now 4-0 start um, to the 2023 regular season, uh, their second year as a franchise um, USL League 2. Started off the week, May 29th, at United PDX down in Portland. A 2-1 to win. Our player of the match forward, uh, Alex Mejia. He is listed um, on the USL League 2 website as Ian Mejia. Uh, so if I'm saying it wrong, Mr. Mia, please feel free to tell me. Um, cause I think if we go to the Ballard Twitter, uh, where they post their starting 11, it says Alex. So I, either USL league two's website has things messed up or I'm confused and making things up, but we'll go down here to the starting 11. Yeah. It says Alex Mejia on the Ballard website. What regardless. Um I mean, he had two goals uh, and really kind of continues to show out uh in that match. <laughs> two goals. But he outscored United PDX on his own um and helped the uh in that match Ballard conceded their first goal of the year, and that um, Mejia's two-goal effort helps them secure victory. Uh, then on June 2nd, just a few days later, Ballard returns home to Interbase Stadium and puts an absolute shellacking on PDXFC uh, with a 7 to nothing victory. Our player of the match forward, Peter Kingston. Kingston, one goal and two assists on the night uh, in just an absolute, amazingly... Uh, Big blowout of a match. Seven different players score for Ballard in that one. There were four goals in the first half. Uh, those four goals in the first half. Peter Kingston scores on the 24th minute. Alex Mejia continues his hot run with a goal in the 28th. Danny Robles, uh, someone who's participated in League One action for USL, uh, scored in the 42nd. And then Charlie Gaffney 
added uh, another goal uh, for the club uh, just two minutes after Robles is in the 44th, then three more in the second half. Uh, Stash Korzeniowski scores in the 64th minute as he continues his start start to the year. Um, Cameron Martin out of the University of Michigan scores in the 75th, and then a substitution, another substitution for the club. Martin and uh, this next score were both substitutions as Ballard had obviously built a big lead. Uh, Jun Lee scored in the 89th minute to really put the big, large exclamation point on this match um, and to give Portland the victory. So, pardon me, not Portland, Ballard the victory. Uh, Ballard beats two Portland clubs over the course of the past week, more than the Sounders or the Rain could say after their doubleheader um, back on Saturday, June 3rd. Ballard FC, I mean, they continue the role. Uh, there's a talented goalkeeper squad there. Lars Hellerin had a quality match there against PDX FC and the back line as well. I mean, PDX uh, had a few balls in uh, through the first few minutes of the match, but they were quickly dispatched, quickly erased. Uh, Christian Engman, who is listed as one of the um, most likely players to uh, succeed, I believe, at, at the professional level, uh, was able to clear a few of those balls out. Um, and uh, avert any sort of danger that Ballard was going to face. And then to have the starting attacking uh, just continue to perform, especially when you have put Alex Mejia in there, you've got Mejia and Kingston and Korzeniowski all displaying great talent up front and providing great, great pressure on the attack. You know, Korzeniowski, I believe he had a golden assist in this match. And even when he wasn't on the ball, continues to display the great speed, the great touch, uh, which is an on-the-ball thing, so I apologize. And and his physicality, you know, a guy his size really shouldn't be able to be that fast or that uh, light on the ball, but he is, and it's incredible to watch that. Peter Kingston had a his goal in the 24th minute, uh, was able to weave through a bunch of PDX defenders. That was excellent to see. He also continues to distribute well, obviously, with those two assists. And then Mejia El Tigre continues to perform, uh, has earned that starting spot, and to see those three all... Uh, gel together well in the starting 11 is great. You've got, and then, you know, outside of that, mentioning the back line, mentioning the goalkeeper, mentioning those three attackers, you still got Gaffney, um, Danny Robles, who uh, has played well. You know, Bailey Leatherman continues to hold out in the midfield. So this, this, this roster is stacked, and they're, they're a deep roster as well. I mentioned the substitutes that scored, you know, let alone the one that didn't score and made an impact on the match. So it's a lot of fun to watch this Ballard match. Uh, Ballard FC team. Uh, they've got a great atmosphere out at Interbay. They've expanded the beer garden. Uh, the kits are incredible. Uh, oh, mine's upstairs. Dang it. Um, I would just recommend if you can get out to Interbay for one of these matches, um, which we get to next here in the next section, uh, June 9th, we're going to be there. Uh, I would recommend it. I would really heavily recommend it. Um, and then their next match. Uh, is a top of the table sort of match, so it's even more reason to get out there and go and support. June 9th, uh, their next match is at home, is at Interbay. June 9th versus Oli Town FC, a 7 p.m. kickoff. Oli Town is second in the division. Uh, Ballard is obviously first. Uh, Ballard having already won a match against Oli Town to begin the year. Um, so it's a rematch here. Oli Town will surely want to 
bounce back from that and get some revenge. But Ballard is looking hot. They are continuing to roll along, and it'll be really interesting to see when they stop sort of rolling forward. So we will continue on here as we get to the Seattle Mariners affiliates, uh, beginning with their AAA team, the Tacoma Rainiers. The Rainiers, uh, they've got some talent on that roster. They just haven't really begun to fully put it together. May 30th versus the Sacramento River Cats. A one to four loss. Our player of the game, third baseman Cesar Hernandez. Uh, Hernandez, one hit, one RBI, and one walk. And then May 31st versus the River Cats, a seven to six win to split that series. Our player of the game, second baseman Pat Vileka. Vileka came on actually as a pinch hitter um, for Keen Wong. Uh, two hits, two runs, and three RBIs there for Vileka in a really solid effort off of the bench. So, uh, as I mentioned, we're getting back into doing the futures follow up. We won't have, per se, as much news um, as we would normally. So we're going to continue to get to that sort of thing. Um, and we'll move forward here uh, with upcoming for our Rainiers, who will play a six set uh, over the past next week um, against the Reno Aces down in Reno. Uh, June, all of these start times except for one are at 6.35 p.m. Pacific time, June 6th through 8th are all 6.35 p.m. Pacific time. And then June 9th and 10th are both 6.35, but uh, June 11th is a 1.05 Pacific time start. Uh, we head over down to our Arkansas Travelers, who are the AA affiliate of the Seattle Mariners. I would continue to say it, but I sound repetitive. There's some quality talent up and down um, the Mariners' farm system. I know, obviously, when they acquired Luis Castillo, um, they got rid of a good amount of it, but there's still some quality and especially over the last few drafts. So we'll get over to the Arkansas travelers here um, who are in double a uh, played six games over the course of the past week over the Midland rock hounds, May 30th versus the rock hounds an eight to four win our play of the game designated hitter, Isaiah Gillum, uh, Gilliam, Gilliam, uh, one hit, two runs, four ribbies on the day and a walk May 31st. They would not be able to, um, build on that win a two to nine loss our player of the game shortstop one of the cooler names i've seen uh in sports logan warmoth warmoth three hits one run and one rbi and then june 1st versus midland a seven to one win so they bounce back on that one uh put the game designated hitter spencer packard packard two hits two runs and two rbis in addition to two walks on the day so continuing out there take those two of three, they move over June 1st versus the Rockhounds, a seven to one win. So, kind of building some momentum here. Um, is that oh, wait a minute? Hmm? Oh, wait, I skipped ahead. June 1st versus maybe a seven to one. Um, I just read that. Okay, I'm all over the place. Gillum Warmoth. Okay, I guess we'll go to June 2nd. June 2nd versus Midland, a 2 to nothing win. I played the game number one, catcher Jake and Chia. And Chia, one hit, one run, and one RBI on the day. And our second player of the game, starting pitcher Kyle Tyler. Tyler, six innings pitched, three hits, no runs, two walks, um, and 10 strikeouts on the day. The 10 strikeouts, very nice. Not allowing any runs, three walks, two, uh, three runs, pardon me, three hits, Two walks on the day, meh, but the 10 strikeouts more than accounts for that. Uh, June 3rd versus Midland, a 2-9 to loss. So, you know, winning four of the last five, not bad. Um, 
our first player of the game, first baseman Robbie Tenerowitz. Tenerowitz, three hits, one run, and two RBI. They would close out those six games uh, with a win on June 4th against Midland, three to two. Our player of the game, third baseman, who had then moved over to right field during the game, Riley Unroe. Unroe, one hit and two RBIs on the day. Upcoming for Arkansas, as I said, at a 32 and 19 record. Did I not read? I did not read the Rainier's record. I apologize. Um, the Rainiers had a 28 and 29 record. They're second in the division in the Pacific Coast League North, fourth in all of the Pacific Coast League. The Travelers, on the other hand, 32 and 19, second in the Texas League North, and second in the Texas League as a whole. Their next few games, uh, their next six are against the Tulsa Drillers, all in Tulsa. Uh, June 6th at the Drillers is a 5.05 p.m. Pacific time first pitch. June 7th at the Drillers is a 10.05 p.m. Pacific time first pitch. June 8th versus Tulsa is 5.05 once again, same as June 9th as we move over here. Um, And June 10th as well, 5.05. And then to close out those six games, June 11th is an 11.05 p.m. first pitch against the Tulsa Drillers out on the road for our travelers. Moving over here to our Everett Aqua Sox, our A-plus affiliate um, of the Mariners. They played two games over the past week, May 29th versus the Hillsborough Hops, uh, a 4-8 loss against the Hops. Uh, our player of the game, second baseman, Axel Sanchez. Sanchez, one hit and three ribbies on the day. May 31st versus the Hops, the Aqua Sox would bounce back with a 3-2 win. Our player of the game, right fielder, Alberto Rodriguez. Rodriguez, two hits and one run. Rodriguez has really been tearing it up lately. Uh, and it's been a lot of fun to watch him play. Um, so really looking forward to continuing that um, and moving forward here. Um, their next few games, uh, next six, yes, yeah, six to be exact, uh, are all at home, uh, beginning June 6th versus the Vancouver Canadians, Vancouver Canadians. Uh, the first five games against Vancouver are at 7.05. So those three, June 6th, 7th, and 8th are, are 7.05 p.m. Pacific time first pitches. And then 9th, 10th are 7.05 p.m. Pacific time first pitches, while June 11th uh, in that series is 4.05 p.m. against the Canadians. We over here to our A-ball affiliate, the Modesto Nuts. And yes, the nut is a little bit scary there in the bottom right corner. Um, two games there. May 29th at the Stockton Ports, a 10-2 win. Our player of the game and someone I'm really excited to watch, Cole Young, shortstop Cole Young, two hits, two runs, and three RBIs. And then May 31st at the Stockton Ports, a 2-4 loss, unfortunate. Uh, play of the game, second baseman Josh Hood, two hits on the day for Hood. There, another guy that I'm excited about as well. Oh, I didn't read the Aqua Sox. The Aqua Sox actually have the same record as the Nuts. They're both 25 and 26. The Aqua Sox are fourth in the Northwest League. Uh, the Nuts, as we move over here, that are upcoming, are third in the California League North and fifth in all of the California League. Looking ahead, they will play six games against the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes, one of the cooler names and logos I've seen of a team. Obviously, earthquakes are a terrible uh, natural disaster that terrorizes a bunch of people, so I don't want to make light of that, but very interesting. Um, And to see that Rancho Cucamonga has a team is great. Um, The first four games of this series are all at 7.05 p.m. Pacific time. June 6th, 7th, and 8th are all at 7.05 p.m. Pacific. And then June 10th and 11th. June 10th is 6.05 p.m., while June 11th is 2.05 p.m. Pacific time. So that'll about wrap it up for our futures follow-up for this past week um, of May 29th through June 5th. 
as mentioned, this will come out every Tuesday of the week. Uh, obviously, Monday is our Circling Salesforce on Converge Media uh, episode where we do all the pro teams. Uh, eventually, when we get back to colleges here, we'll do Woof Wednesdays, which will be every Wednesday, obviously. Um, so continue to stay tuned for that. But this has been uh, Futures Follow-Up. We're going to try to get back into it. It's been, a you know, 2023 has been very busy for us. So we're just trying to stay on top of that. Uh, so until I see you next time, take care of yourselves, be well, and do whatever you can to make today a great day.